You're listening to Pod for Ham, a podcast from the incomparable that's all about the musical Hamilton, taking it one track at a time through the original Broadway cast recording. Every episode features different groups of interesting people talking about a single track. Visit us on the web at pod4ham.com or follow us on Twitter at pod4ham. Grandpa's in the paper. War hero Philip Schuyler loses Senate seat to young upstart Aaron Burr. Grandpa just lost his seat in the Senate. Sometimes that's how it goes. Daddy's gonna find out any minute. I'm sure he already knows. Welcome back to Pod for Ham, a podcast about an American musical. Uh, I'm your host this week, David J. Lore, and joining me are Aline Sims. Hello. Hello. And Monty Ashley. Hello. Hello. And David Sparks. Howdy. This week we're talking about the song Skylar Defeated. Now when you say song, I'm going to take kind of a uh, contrary position here and suggest that there isn't much of a song in Skylar Defeated. I can go with that. It's, it's connective tissue that ties into a whole bunch of other songs and references a whole bunch of other songs. But it's getting us from point J to point K, perhaps. Most of the songs have more of a melody in them. Mm-hmm. And even when they start rhyming with each other, I, this track, more than anything for me, like you say, it's connective tissue. It's And here's some plot to explain why Hamilton and Burr don't like each other anymore. <laughs> so it's important. Right. Right. And and in referring to the other songs, it reminds you of things that earlier were beginning to be dis- disagreements or differences of opinion. And now they're solidifying and they're getting harder. They're getting more. Uh, it's it's not just rhetoric now. It's actions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He's mad. Yeah. I, I suppose we should explain why he's mad. Yeah. Basically, uh, Philip Schuyler, the senator from New York, has lost the election to Aaron Burr, who switched parties to run for that seat. And it's it's a case where he's he wants to be in the room where it happens. He wants to uh, finally do something. And, and it's the first time he doesn't wait for it, right? He, he takes his shot. He takes his chance and defeats Alexander's father-in-law. And uh, for once, Alexander's like, no, no. Uh, I know you're doing what I told you to do in, in like, taking an action for something, but not that action. Switching parties and and taking my father out of office? That's not exactly what I meant. Not cool, dude. I mean, this is a much more complex way of saying that. Has anybody seen the show on – has anybody been there live? No. Because on the recording, the way that that she reads the line uh, when she's talking um, to her son and says, you know, you know, grandpa's been beat by this guy. Eliza says that um, it doesn't sound like she's really that all that upset about it. And that kind of surprised me, you know, in listening to it, the, 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 the son-in-law is more upset than the daughter is. Well, Hamilton's more upset than everybody about everything. I think that's one of his core traits. Um, If you go online, you can actually hear the original workshop version of this song, which is set a little earlier chronologically it's when they discover that Aaron Burr is going to be challenging Philip Schuyler. And Eliza actually rushes to New York to try to calm Alexander down. But she gets there right after he has it out with Burr, so it doesn't go that well. And there's an <laughs> interesting little exchange where Eliza 
talks to Burr, which you don't get much of, I mean, after the Winter's Ball anyway, where in in the cut scene, Eliza is talking to Burr saying, oh, and how's your daughter? Oh, yes, you know, our children are the same age and it's so nice. And all of that just got cut. Well, anyway, Eliza and Philip are are trying to figure out what's going on, and she knows that that uh, Alexander already is aware of what of the uh, the loss for her father. Yeah, um, Philip doesn't really need to be in this song. I feel like this is yeah. this is one of the times he was t- tucked in so that later on when he dies, that's a spoiler. What? Uh, <laughs> It will mean more. Yes. I do really like, even though it's short and it's connective tissue and it's, it's very much, you know, the Schuyler sisters, you know, part one and a quarter or whatever. um, I think it does a lot to establish kind of time and place and um, the relationships between the people and how they get news, you know, and how, how, how slow everything is but how on top of it Hamilton is um I think that that's a really interesting like they're just finding out and Eliza's like oh yeah he's on top of this he knows he knows that this has already happened because I mean one it's his job right to know but two he's just in everything and I think that this does does a good job of kind of helping reinforce that a little bit more it also helps establish that the daughter, I'm sorry, the son and mother have a fairly close relationship, and it seems like they're more connected than father-son. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think it's interesting that this song kind of goes out of its way to say, although we've been saying New York the whole show, because it's the greatest city in the world, which, again, it wasn't in 1776. <laughs> that's, that's just silly. Just pandering. Um we keep saying New York. There's plenty of New York even back then. That was not Manhattan. So if you wanted to be a senator from New York, you could talk to the people in the city, the Wall Street, the big, or go upstate and talk to those people because they don't necessarily like Manhattan. And they don't necessarily like Hamilton in particular. Yeah. As is established. <laughs> In the song. <laughs> yeah. To, to me, one of the most relevant lyrics of the thing is the tone of voice Hamilton says, you know, when he jumps in and his first word is burr, like, um, like he's questioning, <laughs> like, what the heck did you do? And I, I looked it up. I haven't been able to confirm, but I think this is the first time he says burr without saying burr, sir. It's I, like, I was just thinking that. Yeah. I, I'm not sure about that, but it, it clearly suddenly, um, He's looking at this guy in a new light, and and it's open hostility as opposed to something maybe <laughs> below the surface. It's also yet another uh, Burr rhyme that Lin Manuel Miranda was able to cross off his notebook. Our Senator Burr. Yeah, there you mm. go. <laughs> Still counts. It's all in the delivery, baby. Yeah. It's all in the delivery. I do like that it uh, sort of reinforces that the women in this show are much more. Uh, calm and level-headed, right? <laughs> Again, they're more calm and level-headed than Alexander Hamilton, who went out and got himself <laughs> shot. <laughs> but you know, they're they're not thinking about uh, points of honor and challenging duels and all that kind of stuff. It's it's like, yeah, uh, Grandpa lost his seat. Yeah, Daddy already knows. Uh, it's really not a big deal. Let's let it go. 
Yeah. How, how we, I wonder if I had a time machine, if I could go back and ask him, what made him more angry, that it was his father-in-law's seat or that he switched parties to the other side? I mean, yeah, yeah he, that's true, because the Federalist Party was basically Hamilton's buddies. It's like, Hamilton's yeah. in charge of this group. Yeah. Right. I don't know. For all of his faults, I think that Hamilton valued honor, um, even when he was kind of a jerk and dishonorable. Um, so I don't know. I feel like, you know, switching parties is kind of seems like a sleazy thing to do. Like I'm switching parties because it'll help me win against your father-in-law. And oh, yeah, I'm going to kind of do some mudslinging in your direction to to make sure that I win because, you know, I'm, I'm pandering. Um, and as is established with Burr, he doesn't necessarily have principles or state his principles by which he will stick. So uh, I think that's that's Hamilton's thing is you're dishonorable and you're dissing me like you're you're being so disrespectful toward me and my family. And that's not OK. Yeah, th- this is the turning point where yeah. up until now, Hamilton and Burr are either f- acquaintances or friends but not after this track. Right. And maybe that's the whole purpose of it, really, you know, to get that, to set that transition well, yeah. point. And it establishes a reason for Hamilton to say later on, Jefferson has beliefs, Burr has none. He's thinking about their exchange here. I just wish there was more, either more singing or more rapping in this track. <laughs> I have to call it a track because... Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> the occasional New York... That's not. Come on. Wow. Could you do that again? I need a ringtone. I love that. (laughs) New York. I I do like how the, um, when Burr says, they don't need to know me, they don't like you. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a nice (laughs) callback to, they don't have a plan, they just hate mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And it's like, yeah, you're right. They do hate you. When I heard that, I was thinking, boy, we really haven't changed much, have we? Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I... <laughs> he's running on, I'm not Alexander Hamilton, even though he's not even running against Alexander Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And that's how it, it's super interesting because that's still how most people vote, right? Like, I'm not voting for a candidate. I'm voting against another one. I feel like is is a primary driver for a lot of people even today. Like, it's the foundation our country is built upon. Not mm-hmm. being in favor of something, but being against it. Yeah, and it's funny how we started out saying, well, this is the time that Burr took a stand. But even when he gives the explanation, he didn't really take a stand. Mm-hmm. He's just, he's just in, he joined the Burr party, and the Burr party takes him wherever he needs to go to get, get ahead, which kind of misses the point, I think, that Alexander was <laughs> trying to get across. And it also doesn't serve him well in the long run, you know? He's, he's Team Burr. He ends up, you know... Again, Monty spoiler. He gets to the vice presidency. That's pretty good. He gets to the vice presidency. Then he kills a guy and then he's basically exiled for the rest of his life. Oh, yeah. And his daughter dies at sea. Like Team Bird does not end up too <laughs> too great in the long run, you know? Although, although the whole thing with Mexico is kind of awesome. Yeah. You never know until you play it out. He could have become a dictator of his own country. That's true. I'm sure yeah. it would have been lovely. Yeah, where's that musical? Maybe that's next. <laughs> what, did, <laughs> what did Lin-Manuel take on vacation? That's what I want to know. <laughs> oh, how many people oh my. How many people started Burr musicals at some point just to <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it is a it is a very short track, but it is a turning point. And you know, maybe 
maybe this, I mean, it's not that it's disjointed, but maybe the fact that it is sort of unmoored from any particular melody or any particular uh, style, maybe that echoes how Alexander is feeling and how Burr is feeling and how, you know, it's just this very sort of uncertain thing as they're shifting. Maybe the orchestra just needs a break. Well, that's not fair. The orchestra is playing during the song. But I'm just looking <laughs> at where this appears in the show and it is right after Say No to This and The Room Where It Happens. Right. So if anything, the audience <laughs> can take a breath because yes. they've been blown away. Yeah. And and it's, you know, it calls back to certain melodies that, you know, the, to, to happier times, uh, like the Skylar Sisters song. But... Uh, so, so it lets us sort of relax as listeners and it reminds us of happier times, but it's going, yeah, life goes on. Yeah. And I think it leads us into, you know, cabinet battle number two, which is kind of an intense shouty song. So we're, we're kind of getting the <laughs> prelude to the shouty here. We're getting, you know, um, elevated voices but not yelling yet and then it goes into cabinet battle where they're really after each other so i think as you know david to your point as a transitional song i think it kind of does that pretty well it's like okay you're gonna sit back you're gonna relax you think it's you're gonna think that you know maybe we're in for a little bit of less intensity and then we go into the cabinet battle and and it jumps right in without a break yeah you could you could call it a single track if you really wanted to just just from listening to it yeah, as Burr is saying, your pride will be the death of us all. I guess Hamilton just walking away right into the cabinet meeting <laughs> that's already waiting for him to start. Yeah. yeah. That's one thing I kind of like about it. In fact, the musical in general, but especially these these couple tracks where you get this picture of this guy jumping around from one fire to the next. And, you know, he dresses this very shortly. I mean, if you look at, in fact, if you look at Hamilton's lines in this song, there's very few. And he basically yeah. states his outrage and then he leaves. And then the next thing you know, he's attacking, you know, the he's dealing with Jefferson. Yeah. And um, I like that about him. I, I, you know, I, I like that image it creates of this guy who's very sharp and running around dealing with one problem after the next without really giving it a lot of, you know, fluff. Yeah, I was uh, dr- driving in the car the other day. I, I played this for the 14-year-old again. And apparently... This year at school, this is the thing. You know, people are walking through the halls singing Hamilton. They're saying, have you listened to this? Oh, my God. And so he's like, yeah, let's listen to it. We've got a long car ride. Let's let's listen. And we got to the end of it. And, and all he could say was, why does that work so well? How does that work? How do you do that? Uh, that's how I feel about the beginning of the Lion King musical when you're in the theater. Yeah. Mm. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing happening but some people walking in puppets, but you're in tears in two minutes. It's amazing. They're good puppets. Maybe that's next. Hamilton and puppets. <laughs> Ooh. You know, the other thing I like about this track is um, Burr kind of at least gets the upper hand. He doesn't really let Hamilton talk very much. I mean, just reading yeah. the lyrics as opposed to listening to it. I mean, he's he's cutting Hamilton off and getting his point in. He gets the last word in. That's true. And yeah. and he has – it's all, – all of Hamilton is the indignation and he's just – he's very straightforward. Whereas Burr is explaining. It's like, yeah, Wall Street loves you, but upstate, not so much. And a little foreshadowing at the end. The pride will be the death of us all. Beware, it goeth before the fall. Yeah. yeah. 
And and it's that's a very good point that it's not just pride will be the death of you. It'll be the death of us all. Everyone is going to come out of this changed because of Hamilton. Some for the better and some for the worse. The other thing that, that is a nice little character moment where Hamilton says, I've always considered you a friend. And Burr says point blank. I, I don't see why that has to end. Which that's their relationship in a nutshell. And that's their their you know, Hamilton can't let this go, whereas Burr is just pure opportunism. And he's like, yeah, I, I won the Senate seat, but we're still who we are, right? We're still okay. Burr kind of drops that above-it-all facade later on in the musical, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, at, at, I mean, just at this moment in time. <laughs> sure, because Burr's winning. <laughs> <laughs> Once Hamilton keeps Burr from being president... Oh, oh yeah. no, we are not friends. Let me be clear about that. <laughs> well, and how much of that do you think is is Burr being like, well, you screwed me over instead of going, well, I kind of screwed your family over first. You know, Burr and, might and not even party. be thinking about that. And your party. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it's sort of like a, a general thing, whereas endorsing Jefferson, that's personal, right? That screws him up, right? Right. One on one. And it's like knowing how much Hamilton disagrees with Jefferson. Right. And yet he still endorses him. That's just got to burn. One of the fundamental differences between Burr and Hamilton, at least as painted in this, in this show, is that Burr doesn't necessarily plan ahead. It feels like he, right. he kind of sees the immediate and grabs. Whereas Hamilton... I feel like is playing a game of chess. Like he's trying to think like 17 moves ahead and he might not think before he speaks, but he's at least trying to be forward thinking. Whereas Burr is like, okay, what is immediate? What is right here right now? What can I seize? And I think that this song is, is a great example of that. Like he didn't think about, the implications to his relationship with Hamilton or what Hamilton might think. He didn't, he didn't have a reason for switching parties beyond, Oh yeah, well I thought, you know, this was the way to get me the seat I wanted. Um, and he didn't like, he just doesn't think about the implications of his actions. Um, in the way that that Hamilton does. And I think that Hamilton wants him to like, he keeps coming to Burr and asking for explanations or reasons or, you know, input. And Burr is just like, well, it's, it seemed like the thing to do at the time. Right. Yeah. It's, it's almost like he, he has this image of Burr and the reality never quite matches up to it. I mean, right at, right at the beginning, when he's saying, I wanted to do what you did. How did you graduate so early? Well, it was my parents' dying wish. So it wasn't anything that he did. It wasn't that he was so brilliant. It's just that, well, his parents made it happen, right? And so so it's it's sort of like the, the scales keep falling from his eyes throughout the show about who Burr is. He, he can never accept that, you know, he's the scorpion. You know, right. The scorpion and the frog parable. It just never accepts it. I don't feel like the musical I, I, I qualified that I have not seen it, so I really am not sure I'm qualified to say this, but I don't feel like the musical does a very good job of establishing the friendship to begin with. It feels to me like Hamilton doesn't entirely respect him from the very first scene they have together, but maybe I'm just missing that. But 
but either way, I feel like this is the song where it's 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 become open, you know, between them. It's no longer Berser. It's like now you've you have uh, betrayed my family and my party. And why did you do that? And he said, "Well, it helped me out." Mm. You yeah, know? <laughs> that's, yeah. That's that's the big point here, and and that's a nice kind of pivot point as we push into the rest of this last act. Yeah. And granted, most of what I know about Hamilton is from the musical. Like, I haven't read the biography or any biography. I've read Wikipedia articles, and that's like the extent of it. But <laughs> so, so my impression of their relationship is that they they were tolerant of each other, and maybe for like a brief moment, you know, Hamilton goes to him and says, "Hey, help me write, help me write the stuff that we're gonna found, find." found they were going to found this country yeah help yeah. me write this so that you know you're better than i am help me do this and that's like this brief glimpse of of maybe some i didn't even take it as friendship but like less animosity um and then you know kind of a truce maybe throughout the war where they're like okay we're we're fighting for the common good let's let's be okay with one another, but it never felt, it never feels like a friendship to me in the musical. So yeah, I agree with, agree with what you said, David. Well, and, and, you know, I've, I've said this in other episodes that it feels like the whole thing is, is filtered through Burr retelling the story. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that comes into play here too, that if we can take it as his interpretation of their relationship, Maybe on his side, they never really were friends. I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to get into the other tracks too much. Monty will get mad. Right, Monty? <laughs> the whole concept is a track by track. <laughs> it's like at the beginning, Bird doesn't take a point because maybe he thinks he's going to get drawn and quartered. You know, I mean, that there was real stakes in a when, a, when they're you know just, you know breaking away from the most powerful nation in the world, right? But. So maybe Hamilton thinks, well, now that the war is over, he'll help me out with the Federalist Papers. No, he doesn't want to take a point there. Now we get to this point, and it comes to the basis level here. Well, what is the reason why you take the stands you do? Because it benefits me politically. You know, it's politically expedient for me. Then I will do whatever I need to do. And, um, we, you know, we just get it out right here. It's not he's afraid for his life or his principles. It's just he wants something. And, um, and that's that. And another nice moment uh, before I forget is Burr is talking and Hamilton breaks in with a wait and Burr just keeps keeps going. He doesn't stop, which is a change lyrically and musically from from the rest of the show to this point. Yeah, does he ever get run over in any other lyrics? I don't know. I can't I think of any. I think so. Maybe maybe with Washington, but even there, it's not the same. Yeah, certainly in a one last time. Washington speaks over Hamilton, but they're saying the same words, so it's a different right. feeling. <laughs> and he has enough respect for Washington to stop and listen, whereas Burr, he's just trying to break in and go, eh, hang on a second. But Burr knows once Hamilton starts talking, there's it's he's done. Like you just got to plow through that. <laughs> it'll it'll be a couple of hours until right. you get a chance to talk again. Well, I think this track though it does a couple things really well. It it kind of shows the relationship between Eliza and Philip. It and it shows this turning point with Hamilton and Burr, and then it gets on with it. And it kind of I think this is where Burr really exposes his true colors. 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, it isn't until um, the room where it happens where he decides what his true colors are. Like, he's gone through most of the musical just being there and commenting on things. He's not, he doesn't have any actual motivation to act until one track before this one. That's true. And you got to hand it to him. He, he, got, he got stuff done. <laughs> you know. And, you know, at least in, in the context of the musical, even his own romantic relationship is a lot of hurry up and wait and wait and wait. Yeah. If you love this girl, go get her. Yeah. Oh, no, can't. Got to wait. And finally, finally, he does realize that he wants to be in the center of the action. So he does. Well, guys, I think we... Uh... We did this one. <laughs> Boy, did we ever. We did it. <laughs> well, I would like to thank our guests, uh, David Sparks and Aline Sims and Monty Ashley. And come back next week for Cabinet Battle Number 2. I've always considered you a friend. I don't see why that has to win. You changed parties to run against my father-in-law. I changed parties to seize the opportunity I saw. I swear your pride will be the death of us all. Beware. It goeth 